Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. Today, something I'm really passionate about and a hobby that is growing in our game incredibly quickly. It's fantastic to see. It's obviously a bit of a nostalgia sort of thing for a lot of people, but only a certain amount get right into it. It is, of course, the collecting of footy cards. And I've gone through a lot of the Facebook groups, had a look at all the pages and everything, and I found a guy that I think is perfect to tell you all about it. His name's Brendan. He's from up in Brisbane. He's a Canberra Raiders fanatic, and his story is sensational. He is so knowledgeable when it comes to footy cards, the history of footy cards, you know, TLA, Select all these companies that have made these footy cards for a long time and he's got a lot of ideas of how to improve the cards game of course if you're not a keen card collector you probably won't understand some of the difficulties that have gone on over the last few years some of the challenges around collecting cards during COVID and signatures and the designs and the money that goes into these things is simply unbelievable we give an example uh, with Brendan here talking about Jack White and he's obviously a Canberra Raiders fan I mean if you were to collect all of the Jack White and cards from season 2020 it would cost you about $2,000 to have them all. Simply incredible, and it's a sign of where this hobby is going. It's increasingly popular, but the guys, the companies that make these cards, they need to understand how to use them and how to bring it forward. This is a sensational chat with Brendan. I thoroughly enjoyed it. He's a champion fella, and hopefully in a few months' time, once the new releases come out, we can get him back on and we can have a chat and see some improvements in the cards game. If you were a kid and you collected these footy cards, this will be a fantastic chat for you to listen to. A lot of old school names, old school cards that he talks about, and then a couple of the modern superstars as well. Enjoy. Brendan, welcome on. How are we, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, all going well. We've uh, we've brought you on as our footy cards expert. I've been searching through all the Facebook groups and whatnot for a couple of weeks now, trying to find person I thought would be perfect. And, mate, I think I found him just quietly. Mate, I... I appreciate that. I'd like to think I'm an expert. I'm sure there's plenty of disagree, but uh, I have been doing it for a long time. Let's say that. Mate, tell us about you, first of all. Where are you from? Who, who do you support? What's the go? Me, mate. I'm uh, based in Brisbane. Brisbane born and bred uh, my whole life. Um, mad Canberra Raiders fan. 
which is uh, good at the moment because they're, they're playing some okay footy. Been some pretty lean years, though, uh, prior to that. Rugby league tragic. Uh, probably been supporting Canberra since the late 80s. Start off, I will admit, it start off as a young seven-year-old when Brisbane came in, like all Brisbane-based boys going for them. But uh, once they punted the king, mate, that was it. Um, yeah, went on to another team. Was the king uh, your favourite player when you were growing up, mate? Yeah, he well, he's, he's probably more the old man. So I got to see a little bit of, bit of him in the back end of my career. Probably couldn't appreciate how good he was then as I would now from having played a little bit and, you know, better understanding of the game. But uh, I remember, you know, going around the park, like he was playing in the Brisbane Rugby League, and that's when Gene Miles, Dowling, all those, all those good foundation players in Oregon Retro all just running around in local park footy on the bayside. And you'd be able to pull a car up and watch these, you know, these, these, this Australian captain run around on a Saturday afternoon. It's amazing, and it was a pretty brutal game back then. Just a different time, um, isn't it? Mate, yeah, but pretty good memories. Um, really good memories going to the old Lane Park and uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, and um, I guess it was just um, King was just the King you know, to everyone. A lot of people in Queensland, and uh, once he and the Broncos had a spat, that was it, you know. Um, the old man sort of said, no, nah, we're not supporting them anymore, and we always had a bit of a Fancy for Canberra because they were always a home away from home for all the all the Queensland and Brisbane boys for a long time. You know, Mal, Belcher, Jacko, the Walters boys, even Benny coach down there. That was easy to jump on board. Mate, take me back to those days. Obviously, we're going to talk about your uh, your current collection of rugby league cards, which is just unreal. I can't wait to share it with everyone. But take me back. I'm sure there must have been a five, six, seven year old boy up there in Brisbane who saw footy cards for the first time. Absolutely. Um, my earliest memories are the um, 88 Scanlons, which were uh, the pink cards. Um, and it was the first year they'd gone uh, to the rounded border. Um, and, uh, you know, you used to get five cards in a packet with a, a, one of the uh, thicker gum, the powdery gum. You, had, you know, that, that sweet smell, the wax packet, the packet, I think they were. And it was just something um, probably romanticising it a bit, but just it's a really, really fond memory. You know, um, back in those days, corner stores were everywhere, news agents. And as a kid with 30 cents or 50 cents in your pocket, you know, you're a king. You could walk up to a counter and get a bag full of lollies and a packet of footy cards, and you could just go nuts at these places. And um, that's my earliest memory. And, it, and back then, it wasn't about... I wish I'd, you know, been more vigilant with my collection. Then it was never about keeping in good condition. That's at the bottom of the school bag. You trade them for food at school and then get players you liked and things like that um, you know I remember Wally cards were pretty well valued um, they sort of and they had always had the little rep cards at the end of the series and they were always pretty pretty well sought after um, but yeah that's my earliest memory through those late 80s into the 90s and sort of it was all um, Scanlon's and Cimarole and then it became Regina and then we moved into Dynamic which is where all the signature cards started coming around Mate, is there any card from when you were a young bloke that you remember just being your absolute standout number one? Mate, as, probably as a young fellow, like, um, uh, I didn't really get cards signed or anything like that. And we didn't really keep cards in folders back then. It wasn't until Dynamic came along that we started to, you know, realise that these could be worth money uh, and get them in folders. So probably heading into the Dynamic era, and I think it would have been um, maybe 95 and they brought out an insert series because Dynamic, just on a sidebar, are actually really ahead of their time. In my opinion, with cards, like they revolutionised cards. You know, they brought insert cards in and they had on-card autos in the 90s. I don't know if the, uh, the NBA even had them then, to be honest. Um, numbered cards and, and 
some great concepts, some concepts that would be really good to be reused again today, but they just they went belly up after a few years due to various, you know, um, issues in the back room. And um, probably 95 Dynamic, I think it was Series 1, and they brought out our fourth five concerts by Redemption. And uh, there was Stuart, Clyde, uh, Dean Pay, Loromo, and maybe Brett Mullins in the set. And I get, I remember getting a Clyde Redemption. Um, they were about $2.50 a packet from um, the, the old card vending machine up at the takeaway store up in Brisbane where I was living. And, you know, it was just amazing. Like Brad Clyde is one of my favourite all-time players. It's just, um, yeah, and, and, and the odds are getting a redemption were astronomical. I can't remember what they were off the top of my head, but they won in every six or seven boxes. That was probably the one back then, mate, back in the in the 90s. Mate, obviously the hobby has grown unbelievably in probably the last five or six years. The last 18 months, though, it's just gone phenomenally. It's unbelievable how many more people are getting into it, and there's going to be more people coming into it. For the people that haven't collected cards or don't have much of a history with it, when you say insert cards, what do you mean by that? Um, any cards, numbered or otherwise, that just don't come in a standard pack. Um, you buy a packet of cards, you've always got you know, these days 10 base cards and usually a, a, what they call a special parallel, which isn't really parallel because it's a different image of the base. Your inserts are, you know, you'd be more familiar with the themes they're throwing out today, like your Rising Stars, Season to Remember, Star Toon, anything that doesn't really come in uh, at one per pack, you know, it might be one in six. And then obviously you move to your more valuable things like one per box, one per two boxes, one per case, and then you numbered it. That, that, that's what I mean by inserts. And there's just a huge, huge volume of them these days compared to, you know, even the select era. Select era, you'd buy a box of champions and um, packets in a box and you get a parallel every packet. But unless you've got a signature, there'd only be seven hits in the box. And I always think, mate, when you see new people coming into the hobby, the first thing that hits them like a train as a shock is just how sort of irrelevant a lot of the base cards are. I mean, when you see people sitting through their first break or when I show show my mates what, what a cards break is and they sit there and they watch, you know, essentially yeah. four or 500 cards just disappear and only 30 or 40 stay there. It really is a surreal experience yeah. when you see it for the first time, isn't it? Well, the base cards, you know, um, they should hold a better place and, they could do so much better with them. I mean, you would have seen the old cards I referred to in the Scanlons and Cimarron era. Even back then, they were using game photography, and it was fantastic. You know, you'd have big Paul and covered in mud throwing an offload, and you'd have two Manly players about to come in from behind and clobber him, and you could see it clear as day, and you could see the back of Leichhardt Oval. And I'm sure there's various issues with producing cards like that in terms of sponsorship and what you can and can't show. But there's got to be a better way. Like they, even Selected stopped doing this. So it's not just TLA. Select stopped doing this around 04, 05. And I just don't get it. They just look so much better. And I think base cards would hold more value if they changed their appearance in that respect. And also added subset in, you know, to your base cards. Like we talk about these low-level inserts. That's like, why not have um, a captain card in the base set per team or a coach card or a, a rising star card just as part of the base? And, and bump up the numbers, you know, make the base 18 cards a set, like your, your, your game day 17 and your coach really, really um, value add to base set, I think. Mate, it's one thing that always does surprise me. There are literally no coaching cards out there. I mean, I, I was looking at um, Craig Bellamy cards the other day for a post on my Instagram, and I yeah. mean, the, the only Craig Bellamy cards are there are from when he played for the Cambriders or one year when he got Dallium Coach of the Year. They are just non-existent. Yeah, yeah, the old Telegraph, 
did the newspaper cards for several years, and I think, I don't know if Bellamy's got one, but they were doing coach cards. Dynamic were doing coach cards uh, back in the 90s. Um, you, you would have, you know, there's, there's plenty of them uh, around. Um, I've even got a um, Tim Sheen hologram promo card with the sort of Raiders logo. I'd have to look through my collection. I think it's Sheen's, but um, yeah, no, they don't. And look, I don't know the ins and outs of what's holding it back, you know, in terms of what they are allowed to do. I, I'm sure there might be a very valid reason, but yeah, the, 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 you're, you're hundred percent right. Getting back to your point, base cards are very relevant now. They just go in a box. I always put together a base set every year, but then you've got some base sets like your glory. I don't know if you're familiar with that from 2018 or your centenary. We're just absolutely beautiful base cards with gold foiling, you know, and they, they hold their value. Mate, I find it unreal. Like, I've got two younger brothers that are, you know, 10 or so years younger than me. And I remember a few years ago, you know, when they brought their first pack of footy cards and how excited they got about the base cards. And I just sat there and went, my God, I haven't felt like that in 20 years about base cards. It's unbelievable. But that's how it should be, you know. Like, that, that, that is absolutely how the hobby should be like. Sometimes, like, like, like a lot of things in life, less is more. But, you know, and I think um, I'm unnecessarily complex, the hobby. Um, and, and I get there's reasons why. They have to produce this huge volume of cards. You know, the, the NRL license that they have to pay for, I don't know how much it is, but I believe it is really expensive. Like, they're obviously a business. They've got to make money. So, you know, that. Um, but, yeah, look, they, they could definitely do better in, in that space, uh, I, I think. And um, you bring back a lot of the old collectors who are probably less, less the hobby. Mate, explain to us who TLA are. The TLA... Um, for, for the limited I know about them, like they started as the they've been around for, for eons. They actually even produced trading cards kit back in um, 2003-4. That was a, a, a box and packet version. Um, I've, I've got a few of those cards. Um, and then they did a box set, maybe 0405 as ESP for cricket. Um, they came on the scene for the NRL at the end of 2012. So Select ran from 2000 to 2012 and didn't renew their license with the NRL. Um, TLA picked it up after Select released their Series 2 in 2012, which was Dynasty, and they they put out um, what was called, um, it was just called a, a limited edition, so it was a 18, 18 packet per box set. Um, you've probably seen them floating around. It wasn't a terrible first-up effort, but we saw a lot of the issues then that we're still seeing now. I mean, they wanted eight bucks a packet, and then now you can pick up a box, box for $3 a packet. So that just goes to show... But they had signature cards in there, not numbered. I think there was two Cameron Smith ones, um, JT, all the top players. They had jersey signature cards of Inglis, but the quality control was, was terrible. They, they were still feeling their way with the jersey signature cards. They obviously used poor pens and didn't get too many good quality ones. Um, and a lot of the on-card autos at Smith and stuff were smudged because they just weren't, you know, put on top of each other straight away or whatever. And, and no one knows how many there are. That was 2012, and they brought that out as ESP. Um, that was their, their, their first foray into the NRL market. And they started their traders in 2013, and then they backed that up with an elite. Um, and then I, I can't remember when they changed over to TLA, um, certainly within the last four years. And um, predominantly what they are is the trading, my understanding anyway, is the trading card aspect of TLA is only a very, very small part of what they do. I think it's only a two-man operation. Um, wow. They're a, talent, they're a talent, talent management agency predominantly. Like, if you look at their website, um, they manage elite athletes. And, and I don't know if they do um, non-sports identities as well, but 
my understanding is they got into this because it would open more opportunities. You know, they'd have exposure to these players, maybe young guns looking for um, looking for management or player management. That's where the money is for them, and I, I believe that would still be the case. But and that's where a lot of their, their issues are coming from is that they've only they're understaffed to perform what they need to do. Mate, obviously for you being a Canberra Raiders fan, and it's one thing that I've noticed over the last few years as the Canberra Raiders have become much more relevant. There was some dark days for a long time, and their cards Mm. didn't seem to me to be overly popular. I'm sure you can tell me more, but over the last few years, the Canberra Raiders, I mean, I think there are more Canberra Raiders collectors than anyone else. It's unreal at the moment. Yeah, it it is nuts. Like having been, as I said, I got back into the hobby in 2010, late 2010, 2011, I was back in full full swing and deciding how I was going to collect, um, which ended up being as a team collected predominantly. And then every release, I'd usually get a base set and, and pick one or two low-end insert sets I like to look of and put those away. Um, so it was pretty easy back in those days. I mean, mind you, the volume of cards being produced by Select and Canberra weren't having a good period, so it's rare that they got high-end cards. They'd get, you know, your... your um, your your one per box signature in the in the second series, your top prospects, but yeah, rarely would they would they get. It was all Melbourne and Brisbane getting all the high ends back then. So they they, they they were reasonably priced. There wasn't too many of them. You know, it was very achievable. And it's only in the last couple of years that they've just exploded. Like particularly last year's elite, and they're they're, they're popular and they get really good money um, now. Um, it, it's quite crazy how many Canberra Raiders fans are out there. Well, mate, like I'm just having a look right now. Like, if you were to try and collect all of the Jack Whiten cards from this year alone, I mean, you're mm. or, or the last twelve months anyway, you're looking at you know about a two grand investment, aren't you? It's unbelievable. Oh, mate, yeah, it, it is, and and I think I um I know you read one of my posts, but I think I made the point that even just being a Raiders team collector for the Traders twenty one to get a single of every Raiders card, uh, including your priority hits and both Tarpany signatures, not to the daily legends, bumps things up a bit, you know, um, you're going to knock over well, well and truly over two grand. That's if you can get them. I mean, they're not even popping up that commonly. And when they do, they just get absolutely taken straight away. Well, so I, it's, 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 yeah, I'm just having a look right, right now at the at the club hero. I mean, I'm I'm looking at Gold Coast trading cards. They they've got it priced at three fifty. I mean, I, I'd be shocked if it's not going for more than that on these Facebook pages and on eBay. I mean, these ones are only limited yeah. to twenty three cards. This is a guy that's on a Dally M, a Clive Churchill. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, yeah it is. Mate. It's um the prices and Gold Coast trading cards. I know Glenn really well. Um, uh, he um he's very very reasonable with his pricing um he's, he's he and uh michael Sigurds trading cards are two real big sort of heavyweights of the trading card industry these days and um so you know he's, he's got a bit of buying power there but he's he's very reasonable with his prices he likes to put them in the hands of collectors which is a good thing and then looking at his at his signature card they've got it priced at 500 i mean <laughs> how much that? have you seen those going for at the elite signature from yeah last the elite year? signature from last year yeah yeah, mate, I, I have all three of his signatures because he had the, the white league sensation, the black league sensation, and then the team league sensation, which is the one you're probably talking about. Yep. 500 is pretty reasonable. I, I, I got mine very early on. I actually uh, did, a, did a trade with a, a, a Bulldog supporter I know quite well and threw some cash at him. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it would have cost me with cash and trade around the 500 mark to get the, the one number to 20. Um, yeah, they're, they're probably... You know, if you if you wanted to sell them now, you'd probably right by. You'd probably get 
700, I'd imagine. For that for that one individual um, card? I would imagine so. I mean, it's like the, the market's a hard one to predict. There's just so many variables, um, and you've got to find the right. It's all about timing too, you know. Like I've had, uh, you know, prime examples, the um, nickel clock stud young gun from the 2019 Elite that was really popular. And his black signature, you know, you, if you see one around now, you're probably not going to get it under 250 or 300. I managed to pick one up on auction in the first week for like 130 bucks, and sometimes you get lucky with that. Yeah, wow. Um, it's just timing. It's, it's timing, you know. Um, when the market's flooded in those initial stages of release, is generally a good time to pounce. Well, mate, I, I, I remember that that same series. I believe Victor Radley was the was the black signature card for the Roosters. Was, was that the right year? He was, yeah. Yeah, and I yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I got lucky and actually pulled two of them. Unbelievable. Yeah, they're they're a beautiful card. They really um did well with those um, with those. Uh, um, it if you need to, mate. Oh no, that's okay, mate. I'll just uh, hang. It's just a landline. It's all good. Yeah, they did really well with that, and. Uh, then last year, they really stuffed up the black signatures. You know, they had that thick gold pen and there's a lot of issues with quality around the gold signatures. They just didn't look good, you know? Like, yeah, it was a real shame that they went away from that. Can I ask you, mate, as a as a true Raiders collector, and I assume, for example, a big Jack Whiten fan, does it annoy you that last year there was three different sorts of signature cards for a Jack Whiten? It seems like a bit of a money yeah, grab to me. It does, mate. Um, it, it's a money grab. It's just it's unnecessary. Like I think, um, there's so many themes they could base the card series on. Like it's, it's endless, it really is. And it's just to me, it's a little bit lazy. Um, and, and again, we've seen a lot of repetition in traders. Twenty one, some cards lend themselves to sort of being rolled over from year to year. Your retirements are a classic example. They're a beautiful card and they're really good for lesser players to get a nice card um, and they've done well with those the legend signatures are another one but sometimes you're just producing cards for the sake uh, of producing cards and yeah I, I just think it was a massive overkill just like I think the black signature at a trader's level is an overkill this year Have you um, had many friends in the hobby that have over the last 18 months sort of said no, nah, that, that, that's enough for me? Um, yeah look there's a few long term collectors, probably not so much in the last 18 months, probably prior to that, there's a real sort of lot of uh, old school, uh, want a better word, collectors who are really big select collectors, never really got into TLA. Um, there's definitely people leaving the hobby. Um, so at the moment, there's more people replacing them, though. Like it's a boom, I'm seeing new names. I mean, I, I'm on the Facebook pages, obviously. Um, I do a lot of my stuff on Odds Card Trader. I don't really um, pay a lot of attention to the comings and goings um, but certainly um, there's new names every time you look well, every time you log on there's a post of new names so um, yeah look they are I think um, I think what, what, what TLA um, or what the hobby has come to is it's killed off master set collectors I think I mentioned to you before in our pre-interview chat I was talking about the setting 08 centenary um, and then on master setting the glory release as well and even though it's expensive, it's achievable because, um, you know, uh, you don't have one of ones. You don't have an emerald or a black diamond set where there's only five sets in existence, you know. So that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's driven a lot of people away, the inability to complete those tests, and then it sort of forced people to become team or even player collectors. And even that, more popular teams, is becoming extraordinarily difficult and a real financial issue, you know? It takes the fun out of it when you've got to spend thousands. Mate, what's your uh, what's your most valuable card that you have yourself in your collection? Uh, mate, price-wise, I go past the 08 Centenary Immortal Signatures. They're an absolutely beautiful card. You know, we're talking um, the original four Immortals. Uh, then the next three, so you've got um, Churchill, which is only a, a foil facsimile signature because they passed. Fulton, uh, Raper, and Gaznia uh, were the four originals. And then uh, Lewis and Langlands ratted, and then Artie Beetson. I still need the Beats and Langlands, but they're a beautiful card. The players had the most perfect signatures. Like, imagine you, you everyone seeing the Cameron Smith signature and how good it is. That's what these players are. I'm like, just take their time. The cards are just perfect condition. Um, so that would be the one. And, and then all the other sets, you know, you've got your past heroes. Uh, there's a Matt Orford Premiership winning captain signature in there. Uh, the foil signatures, the immortal sketches. It's just an amazing, amazing set. So that, that, those immortal signatures personally because I like them um, but I think value wise you know they're always going to drive up like they you know I, I can't imagine that you're going to get too many of them under a thousand these days you don't see them pop up I've seen a few sold for 12 1300 on eBay like buy it now in the last couple of months the thing that I love about these cards is that they are um, horizontal obviously I mean you're seeing you're seeing more yeah, and more landscape. of them start to come in but it, it, it's extra special isn't it the landscape's perfect like I mean the beautiful thing about landscapes, it gives room for the signature. And that's what they need, you know. Like, you don't want to cram them into this little white box. Um, you want this area where these players can sign. And I think that really helps. But, yeah, absolutely. I'm always signature cards. It's got to be landscape. Uh, big fan of landscape signatures. Mate, you mentioned there that you need the uh, Artie Beats and Immortal card with the signature. Uh, are, you, are your hopes high that you'll be able to get it eventually? I, m- I imagine it must be incredibly difficult yeah. to find these now. It is, mate, yeah. Um, look, I think I'll get it eventually. Um, you know, I do I do know where there are a couple. I'm just probably, uh, I pulled back on the collection a bit in the last 12 months just like for, for home reasons, doing a bit of renovation work and stuff like that. So I haven't I haven't had the spare cash to really go after cards like I'd want to. But no, I think I'll definitely be able to get it. I do know a few places where it will be. Um, so I'm not overly concerned that I won't be able to pick one up. I mean, I think they're numbered out of a 125 each. Um, which, you know, compared to TLA standards, is a pretty high number. So it just goes to show how good that card is when you've got a card out of 125 going for over a grand, yet you can't get um, $150 for one out of 40 from TLA, you know. Mate, is there one card in your collection that, you know, once you finally had it in your hands, it was a huge relief, one that you had to chase for months or for years to get your hand on that was just a huge relief once you finally had it? The question. Um, Look, I mean, there's, there's, there's a few in the Raiders collection. Um, just trying to have a think what it fit into that. I mean, 2006 Invincible, Laurie Daly had a tribute signature. Um, now, there are 120 of those, but um, that was an amazing card to get. I picked that up off Gold Coast cards, up Glen. Uh, so that, that was a bit of a relief because I was a massive thing. Wally Lewis fan, as I said before, back in the day. And uh, it, with the, the low-level footy I played, I always played in the halves. 
start a healthy respect for the big number sixes. I just, I raised them. I like Whiten as well. I love a six that gets the ball and just runs hard. Ali was a favourite of mine growing up as well. Uh, despite him being a blue, he was, uh, you know, just a brilliant player to watch. And to get that card, that was a relief. The Terry Tambizi, uh, league leader black from 12 Dynasty was hard to get. There's only 50 of those. That was a good one. I liked Camper, another sort of hard running six in his prime. There's probably a couple of them. Um, Simon Wolford, um, captain signature from 04. Um, that was, that's a good card to get because there's only 40 of those. That was the one I picked up. Can't isolate it to one card, um, really. Mate, I'm just having a look at this 2021 set for the Canberra Raiders. Um, I mean, if you were a collector looking to invest for the future, do you go for the club hero Jack Wyden or do you go for the Josh Papali? Two, uh, two pretty good picks there. Either either. I think they're both very popular players. They're just a popular team, Canberra, at the moment. Um, you know, in terms of future investment, it really depends how you look at the collection, like. I don't imagine I'll ever sell my collection. There might be, you know, a time when I might cut back on the lower end sets and sell off, you know, your sort of uh, your sets that aren't numbered that I've picked up over the years. But um, certainly my Raiders cards I'd never part with, my centenary. Um, those kind of cards, you know, that, that'll get passed on to the kids and they can do what they want with them. Um, but, uh, yeah, year-wise, I reckon if you're looking for long-term value, it's probably always best to go back to the old select days and probably try and pick up some of the higher-end signatures, you know, Andrew Johns, your Lockyers, the Daily Tribute, the Mortal Signatures, if you can get them. I think they're the ones that are going to increase uh, before a lot of this TLA stuff does. We've obviously had a uh, legend signature this year for Laurie Daly. Have you managed to get your hands on one yet? But I haven't. Um, I haven't hunted really hard. As I said, I've sort of pulled back a lot this year and for financial reasons as well because we're, we're dumping a fair bit of money back into the house again for some renos. That tightens things up. Um, want to get one? Uh, and I, I, I love their legend signatures. That's one thing TLA have done really well. It's pretty decent player selection. Massive quality control issues, as you're probably aware of this year. I mean, there's so many damaged signatures with the legends, and these these look like they they weren't damaged from being put in packets. Like the smudge marks on the Mark Graham's daily signatures got you know just parts missing from it. I think they were just using poor quality pens. Like, there's a raft of reasons why stacking them on top of each other when the ink's still wet, I'd imagine, is one. Um, and I think it's difficult at the moment. They can't really supervise the signings because of COVID, like, like they probably could have. But um, disappointing, the daily signature it looks like an absolute pearl of a card, but I'll wait until I can get that perfect signature, which I hope's out there. I did pick up the numbered case card because they're extremely difficult to get. Um, but, yeah, great cards. Uh, just disappointed with the quality this year. Mate, we've sort of touched on it a few times during this interview so far, talking about a post that you had on Facebook, just talking about um, some of the issues that you had with the release in 2021 this year. And and they weren't all uh, negatives, of course. There were a heap of positives to come out of it, but there probably are too many negatives to be trying to draw people into this hobby. I mean, if you know what's actually going on with these cards, there are a lot of disappointing things going on. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that has stood out for you as well? It's, um, so just just on that, I've been doing these reviews for probably about five years. Um, this was one of the first years I actually put it on some of the Facebook pages, and that was in response to people sort of um, you know, having a fair dig at TLA um, and 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 uh, having issues with the release. I usually do it on on a site called Oz Card Trader, um, and I always like to be because I love the hobby, and I don't do it to to go hard on the hobby or even TLA. I do it to try and provide a level of constructive feedback, um, you know, but always try and be firm. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything that I don't think is good when you're paying good money for this 
So, um, look, they, there's lots of issues this year. Um, wouldn't be immediately obvious to the new collector, and particularly those who are familiar with the American market because they're extremely expensive and, and run off a lot of parallels and they really only do sticker autos, if you know what that is, and, and that kind of thing. Um, repetition, um, it's just ordinary. The basic mistakes, like I don't know if you would have noticed, you've got the parallel Rising Star cards and album cards. It's labelled 2020 traders. Wow. Um, and then, I mean, it's just there's a lot of repetition. If you look at the release, holistic review of the whole rele- of, of the entire release, uh, there's only two cards being the season to remember <clears throat> uh, and the predictors, which don't have a parallel version of some. You've got Rising Star and the parallel album card. Um, you're not your base and your, your special parallels aside. You've got um, your wild card, your wild card group, and then your priority wild card group. You've got a, a white street art and a black street art. You've got three levels of signatures, including the four. You've got a legend and legend case card, retirement and retirement parallel case card. There's so much repetition, and um, I just think it's a bit lazy, personally. I think they could do so much better uh, in that space. Um, the, the quality control is a massive issue. Some of it is out of their hands. Obviously, cards got damaged by the rollers being put into the packets in China. That's something they need to be aware of too. Um, you know, and they need to have a plan in place for that. Whether or that's having spares to replace them, sure. Uh, my solution has always been high end cards or be by redemption. Then you have the argument if the redemption cards damaged, but I don't see why we need the redemption cards. The reason we keep them and put them with the signature cards because we always have. Um, why not just send the redemption in TLA keep that and send you back the signature card, you know? And then that way they can quality check the signature before they send it back to you like selectors. So once they look at it, yep, that's mint, signature's fine. They put a sticker across the top of the top loader and they seal it and send it back to you. You know you're getting back a top quality card. Mate, it's one thing that always surprises me with a couple of cards that I've traded or sold online, how many people always want the redemption cards. I find it unbelievable. Yeah, well, it's, it's just something we've always done. It gets back to the dynamic days, and I think they were actually called exchange cards back then. Um, just it, It's always been part of the deemed to be a non-complete set. You might have the signature card, but if you don't have the redemption, it lessens the value. And it's just it's something that's been ingrained into um, in, into into the collector. So everyone just, you know, you've got to have the redemption card with the actual card that's been redeemed. Um now, I couldn't tell you how it's done. I don't collect uh, American sports cards, but I remember seeing some Panini redemption cards, and they're really basic. They're just a white card with, like, a congratulations, you know, and they're really basic. And I think if they got back to just doing a basic redemption, saying congratulations, um, you've got Laurie Daly, send it to this address. And, um, maybe we could eventually move away from those redemption cards not being part of the set. Again, it's, it's been over 30 years of having done it that way, so I don't see that changing. Mate, if, uh, if TLA rang you today and they said, hey, we want you to come up with a card for 2022, is there any sort of design or any sort of um, you know style of card, whether it be a category or whatever, that you would like to see them do? Mate, um, I think they're, they're pretty restricted uh, for starters. Like, I'm not really a card designer. There's a few guys that I know in the hobby who are, who are brilliant, some of the things they can quickly put together on, you know, online. Um that they can't do anything around uh, the Immortals and Hall of Fame. Um, they've got an agreement with another bloke who helps them produce glory that they can't add that to their normal releases, and that's so that particular theme doesn't get devalued uh, through elite and traders. Uh, a particular card I would like to see 
a dual signature uh, of a past and present player that is similar from a club. So let's say um, who, who, who would be a prime? You'd have a, uh, you have a Laurie Daly, Jack White, wouldn't you? Absolutely. You know, similar, big, big ball running number sixes. That'd be a prime example. You, you look across your teams, um, Nathan Cleary and Greg Alexander. You know, how good would that be? Um, all these teams, Melbourne, um, you know, have less history, but they've, you know, you do a Slater and a Pappy. We've now we've had plenty of Slater autos or so many options. And I think a retired player and a current player and that team who best resemble a dual autograph card, low numbers, you know, numbers of 50 or what have you, to be a sensational, um, sensational insert. Um, and if they couldn't put it in a release, why not do a standalone release? Um, CLA just don't engage well with the collector. Um, there's so many issues. Now, the communication has been seen by some of the reply emails or posts. It's pretty bad. And I get they're busy and they're, they're understaffed. But they just missed out on so much. Uh, they don't have any competitions for collectors to come up with. Um, they, they, did, they did have a competition a few years ago. They were giving away a few packets for, um, I can't remember what it was for, but they got this website, you know. Why not have a design a card competition, design a team if they select it, you win a box of elite or a box of traders or something like that and get people thinking, get people actively involved in the process. It'd be a really good thing. You know, they, they miss out on so much even supporting, like you look at the Mental League Foundation who do great work for retired players on hard times. Had that Magnificent Seven um, competition a few years ago where they named the seven best halfbacks of all time. Can you imagine a signature series based off that? Oh, it'd be unreal. Even that uh, that idea you put forward before with a with a you know a present and a past player, like they they did mm. a base card in like '96. I think it was called Time Warp or something. Uh, yeah, obviously absolutely. just a base card. That one though, but it would be a sensational yeah. idea. And I guess there's certainly issues that I'm not aware of at my level um, that might inhibit this kind of stuff. You know, like around the license, what they can and can't do. You know, um, I don't know how far back in the past they're able. Yeah, I, there's, there's lots of little intricacies involved in it that I'm not aware of. So it might be much harder than I sort of say just than say just producing this card. But I think there's they're leaving a lot on the table, a hell of a lot on the table at the moment. Um, no, I think they could be so much better. And I think it would start by just having some long-term collectors and sit down with them and just say, what do you think? And run, bounce some ideas. And you know, they might not accept that, but it just gives it a fresh set of um fresh set of eyes over the process I mean select the difference with select is they are a card company purely a card company so they get it TLA are not and I think that's why they don't get it mate the, the last thing I want to ask you about is a card and I think there's only about 150 of them you'd probably know better than me but of course uh, we've had the terrible news this morning of the passing of uh, Tommy Rodoticus. So I know that he's got a signature card out there I think from his Magpies days, I mean, how much does that boost in value all of a sudden now? Oh, that, that'd be the old chili card. Yeah, look, I mean, if, you, if you're sitting on it, um, it would be a wonderful addition. Like, I, I couldn't give you the value um, of that particular one, but just give me a second. I've got a book that was brought out. Uh, are you familiar with Dan's NRL? Yeah, no, obviously not as much as you. I've heard it, though, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he was, he's more, he's written a couple of books um, trying to support retired players who've come on hard times. He doesn't really do cards anymore. He collects for himself. He's a mad heel fan. But he put out a book um, in 2012, I think it was, The History of Australian Rugby League Cards. A couple of other good books. But um, this one references every card produced up until 2012. It's a cracker. Um, but that set you're talking about, um, I think it was called, was Chili's Magpies one maybe? 
um, oh, oh, how much it's worth. I've got a picture of it in, in front of me on Gold Coast Trading, and it's 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 limited to a hundred. I've just found it. Um, it says forty five dollars on here. Surely that's going to skyrocket today, isn't it? Um, I mean, is that in stock though? Because you have to have a look. Nah, at they're, they're all out of stock. Yeah, so it would be a lot more if we had it in stock. I would say. Yeah. Um, that's probably what the price was ten years ago. Um, I'm just trying to find. I can't remember when it came out. Have you got what year it came out in front of you there? I actually don't. I can't, it doesn't say anywhere here. Um, I think so. It might be about '96. There's the West. The West. It was the Gold Star Magpies. They did a set. I don't know if they had the signature though. I don't know if they did. Because um, they, they did this um, this release, this Chile's Western Suburbs release for a few years. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if they came out with a signature card or if you just went and got them signed by the player. Um, I would say that um, probably was just signed in person by Tommy, but I don't know that for certain um, because I think he's in the 97 Chile set and he's card number 24. Um, and this is the one with the signature panel at the top. Is that the one you're looking at? Yeah, that's the one, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know if they actually came signed or you were just able to get the set being a Western Suburbs member and then you would get Tommy to sign it if you caught up with him at a fan day. Obviously, the difference with signatures, you've got an IP signature, an in-person signature, and then you've got um, your, your authenticated signatures that you get, you know, from GLA and whatnot, and the latter hold more money because, uh, you know, they, they're often numbered and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, yeah, look, I mean, on Tommy, absolutely. It's supple. You know, he doesn't have too many trading cards in recent years, but um, I imagine his stuff will, uh, what, what he's got out there will climb in value. He was meant to be a legend signature in... 19, um, but he was 2-6, just signed at the time. I think it was 2019 because we had Ricky Stewart and Arthur Summons is now passed as well. Um, he ended up signing in that release. Wouldn't that, wouldn't, wouldn't that have been special to have, you know, a couple of years before he yeah. passed? Yeah, I can't remember if it was that year or maybe 2018, but I, I remember his name was being thrown up as a legend signature for around that rep period, but he was just too unwell to sign. Yeah, which is why it's good. They obviously got Norm Proven in 2014 because he's, he's, he's very unwell, I'm led to believe, and he can't sign cards anymore, which is why he couldn't sign his immortal signature for glory. It's just too unwell. Brendan, mate, I, uh, I thank you so much for coming on today. Your passion uh, for this hobby is is simply incredible. Uh, it's people like you that, that do keep the hobby alive with, with, with the passion that you show for it. Um, I see you all the time on these Facebook groups and Mate, it must be an exciting time for you. Yeah, for sure, mate. I mean, I, I love the hobby and uh, I'll always try and, you know, provide uh, constructive feedback that I think is there and, and that's the beauty about opinions. Everyone has one. Um, and I think that uh, as long as you're constructive, it can only be a good thing for the hobby. Um, you know, despite me not particularly liking this release, I'm still collecting aspects of it that I, that I like and I'll continue to do so in the coming years and hopefully... Uh, you know, hopefully we can get a bit of traction with TLA. I know uh, another one of the long-term collectors, Mark Johnson, is putting up some polls on another site, which he intends to present to TLA. And, you know, hopefully we can get to where we need to be. Fingers crossed it doesn't fall on deaf ears, mate. Let's hope so, mate, because, uh, yeah, look, it's a great hobby and there's some really good people involved um, and it's a lot of fun, you know. Like, it's... Uh, I, I, I still thoroughly enjoy occasionally watching a game of footy and pulling out an old folder from 05 and reminiscing on some of the players from back then and Mate, thank you for coming on today. I really appreciate your time. No worries, mate. Thanks for the invite. Have a good one.
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.